0: thing I have to do is welcome up Stanley and Christine. Stanley is going to read our scripture for us today, and Christine is going to bring the word. So let's give them a round. This. Yeah, on. Am I on or off? Yeah, you're on. I'm on? Oh. 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 From uh, 1 John 3. but in actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him, and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Spirit he gave us.
1: let's pray father god thank you for this opportunity to gather on this rainy gray morning and be together in your presence and i just pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts would be acceptable in your sight amen so i get to kick us off on a series on why we go to church which is a little bit funny you guys all made it today great job Should I just be done? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Everybody made it. Good job. That's it. We we thought it might be a good idea to do this series because it kind of feels like the pandemic broke us in a lot of ways, I think. Um, You know, maybe not all of them bad. We learned that we could work from home a lot more often. We learned that we could be more accessible to everybody. But I know for me, so I grew up going to church. That was a thing you did. It was very much a part of the rhythm and the routine but then the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden we weren't going to church because we weren't supposed to. And so all of a sudden it was like, why do we do this? Why are we back here? Why are we sitting together? Why are we in this building? And I love that you guys are here this morning, but I know that there are times when we all want to stay home, sleep in, have brunch instead, get ready for the week. So without it would be valuable to, to remind everybody, to remind us why we're here, why we show up on a Sunday morning. And I mean, to be honest, You know, like Damon just mentioned in the announcements, Monsieur de Lincoln Square is in a period of transition. We are small but mighty, as he said. And a lot of people moved away during the pandemic. And if we want to be sustainable as a church, we need to continue to be in community and we need to even grow. So we're going to start to reclaim our purpose in gathering. We're going to talk about why we're here. We're going to talk about the value of church. And just, yeah, have some reminders about why we show up on Sunday mornings. So of course, before I talk about the value of church, I think it's essential that I acknowledge how much church hurts people. Um, I know that church is a place where people have faced abuse. People have faced just all kinds of hurt and pain and even burnout, you know, churches that ask too much of you. And so I want to acknowledge that that is a very real thing. That is a thing that I think, you know, needs to be faced and dealt with before I tell you to come to church. And if that's part of your story, I want to say thank you for being here today because I know that's a huge thing. It's a huge thing to go back to a place where you have felt hurt or you have felt, you know, some kind of, some kind of pain. So this first in First John calls us to lay down our lives and to abide. And those are the two things I kind of want to focus on. And I believe that church, when it's functioning as it should, is the place where we learn to do these things, to lay down our lives for each other, and to abide in God's love. And not only is church that place where we learn these things, but it's the place that carries you when you're not feeling it. So firstly, I want to focus on how church is a place that can remind us of who we are. The verse says, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. By this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So coming to church reminds you of what you believe, what you've accepted, what you've committed to. You know, church is an hour every week where you're forced to come. You get to sing songs about Jesus. You listen to one of us come up here and talk at you. And it's an hour where it doesn't really matter what your past week looked like. It doesn't matter if you, like, didn't make any time for Bible reading or, you know, have a devotion or prayer or whatever. Like, it's fine because you're here. And you're being reminded week after week after week that, yes, you are a follower of God. Yes, you are beloved by him. Congratulations. Here you are. Caitlin Beatty is a writer and editor who lives in New York. And she says she goes to church because my location in human history makes it difficult to live as if Jesus is Lord, because my location tells me that I am actually Lord. In a world of endless choice and shockingly effective Instagram ads, I'm encouraged to spend my time and energy and money on getting what I want when I want. I know and I intellectually assent to the truth that our hearts are made for God, but much of the time I act as if my heart will be restless until it rests in that summer getaway to the Hamptons. Rituals are powerful. Rituals are things we participate in that remind us of what we believe and shape what we believe. Think of a marriage ritual, how it's literally just two people saying words to each other, but then all of a sudden that creates this bond that is not breakable without a lot of time and effort. Brushing your teeth is a ritual. Maybe maybe kind of a, a vague and silly one, but it's a ritual that keeps your teeth healthy, and you know, when you get to the dentist, they say good job and just reminds you of what you are and what you care about. And hopefully you learn stuff at church. So our hope is that you can kind of continue to learn and grow in your faith. You know, there's a lot of talk about just reading the Bible and reading the Bible is great, but it needs interpretation. It's hard to it's hard to read it and learn learn from it without having some outside help, having people tell you maybe what the context was or maybe what Paul would have meant when he said X, Y, Z thing. And that's our goal here is that you can come and you can learn and you could work things out together if you have questions. We learn how to lay down our lives for each other here. I mean, you know, there's the sense of, of laying down our lives for each other in the sense that we're dying for each other. But we also learn to serve each other. We serve in empty kids, hint, hint, um, so that people can get a break and listen to a sermon in peace. We also have this long-running joke about like, how introverts love to like, go get coffee or run to the bathroom during the five-minute party, but I see you introverts. I see you learning how to talk to people during the five-minute party and learning how to be a little more social. And you know Maybe you're not comfortable with that, but I appreciate it. I appreciate that you lay down that part of your life to make an effort to talk to people. The book of Hebrews says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day drawing near. So as I was um, preparing for the sermon and kind of like looking for some resources and stuff, one of the most helpful um, books for me was this book about the Christian funeral. And (laughs) I know, so a thing you should know about me is that I find funerals very interesting um, the longest paper I ever wrote was about American funerals and like it's it's kind of fun to talk to people about it Because initially they give you a weird look and maybe back away a little bit But then everyone has a story and if you don't have a story you definitely have an opinion and this is something I see a lot um, we we have this perception that Americans don't like talking about death I think we actually love talking about it. We just need an opening So I mean, you know your own audience But I, I'm just saying next time you're at a party try bringing it up see what happens It'd be a good time but this book about christian funerals um, to me it provided a really really useful framing in terms of talking about what is church for what is the function of church and what's it meant to do the book is by um, reverend dr tom long and his kind of overarching point is that the christian funeral should tell a story it tells a story about where we are where we're going it tells the gospel story the story of jesus And it places the deceased person's life squarely in the midst of that story. So what began with their baptism, with their acceptance of Jesus, continues through their walk with God and now ends with their ultimate hope in being with Jesus. And, you know, it's not like, don't be sad, don't miss them or whatever. Because, you know, as Christians, we can acknowledge the pain of life. We can acknowledge that death stinks and we hate it and we miss this person. And yet beyond that, we have an ultimate hope. We have a hope in Jesus. And I think church as a whole does this. I think church can push back this narrative that you're alone, that this is all there is. Church can remind you that you are part of this gospel story. Tom Long says, Performing these rituals well is not merely an issue of propriety. It's a matter of telling the gospel truth, of giving testimony to the faith, of acting out in the face of grief and loss our deepest convictions about the promises of God and the risen Christ. So church is that place where we tell that story day in and day out, where we get to abide in the truth of who we are. So church is where me and Suzanne and Brian and all of you, yes, all of you, get to remind each other and ourselves that we are beloved children of God, that Jesus came, to show us how to live and die for our sins. We also came back to life and shattered the power of death. He brought us into right relationship with God. And if that's something that you do believe, we're here to help you abide in that truth. And if that's something you're not so sure about or don't believe, that's the story I want to tell you today, that you are a beloved child of God. That's why we take communion every week. Every single week we walk forward, we take bread or crackers and juice or wine, because it announces the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it is so key to our identity here at Lincoln Square that Jesus is central to everything we do. And church is where we kind of get to make it up together. Again, Tom Long says, the Christian faith transcends every tribe, cr- clan, and local custom, while at the same time it seeks to express itself in every local dialect. Something you'll see a lot is... Um, you know, people will say, oh, we got to get back to the early church and what they looked like. So in the book of Acts, that takes place right after, so Jesus has died, he's risen again, he told his disciples, share the message about me, and he ascends back to heaven. And then, so the disciples begin to share his message, people come to believe in him, love him, they begin to gather in homes, and they share meals, and they sell all their stuff and like pool all their resources. And, you know, it's tempting to say, like, we got to get back to that. we gotta, we got be to the, be the Acts church. And there are things, I think, that are valuable in that. But that's not the context that we're in. And that's not, we don't need to necessarily make ourselves look like them. And lest we think that they were perfect and had it all together. I mean, subsequent books of the Bible after Acts are letters from Paul and Peter and John to these churches. And immediately they're like, will you guys stop fighting? Will you please stop arguing about this stuff? Will you please stop taking more than your fair share of everything? So, I mean, from the beginning, it's been a mess. That's it's great. We're just part of that long tradition of mess. We get to build our practices as a local church from the material that's around us. And it's such a gift to be, to be part of this long tradition. We have beliefs that we hold to. We have theology that we, that we stick with. But everything else around that, we kind of get to make up as we go and we can make up what we need we can we can be who we need to be Um, I saw this picture recently of some ancient church I think in England and leaning up against the side of the church is a boat it's a kind of boat called a coracle it basically looks like a giant basket and it turns out that that area of England floods pretty consistently and so it was the pastor's job to row out and pick people up and row them back to church and then row them home when it was done and I love that as a picture of the local church like We don't need a boat yet, but what do we need here at Lincoln Square? What do we need? Who do we need to be? The church that you're part of, that you participate in profoundly shapes your faith and what you believe is important and what faith looks like. So think for a second, you've been part of a group that shaped you, that like informed who you are. My husband is very punctual anyway. Um, but he played baseball in high school and it was one of those things where it was like 15 minutes early is on time, but on time is late Which is like the complete opposite of my personality So it's been, it's been good for me to like have to be on time for things But this is a group that shaped him <laughs> a very important way And Lincoln Square we have the opportunity to do the same thing One of the things I love that Lincoln Square does already is that I don't know if you've noticed, but we're not afraid to try stuff, which is really, which is really great. So years ago, we did this thing called pub theology. We would we would advertise it in Lincoln Square and then get together like in a bar somewhere in the square, and it was for everybody, you know, churchgoers and non-churchgoers alike, and we just sit around and talk about stuff. So, like, of course, we talked about funerals because I was involved. Um, you know, we talked about theological things, or we talked about other broader cultural things. It was just fun to have a space where we could have these conversations churchgoers and non-churchgoers alike and get people together to just talk about stuff we try all kinds of things here right we'll try we'll do bible studies we have small groups we have sometimes we'll shake up communion we'll sit around a table together and pass it to each other and I think that expresses a deeper value that that this church is not just about the personality of whoever's up front this church is about you and your passions and what you bring and your ideas. And that is something that we want to continue to honor. Just the idea that the church is made up of, of you all, and you all have something to bring, and you all are an integral part of this body. It gives you a space to cultivate your gifts. Paul, in his letters, likes to describe spiritual gifts and how we all have them. So maybe you have the gift of. Teaching, Maybe you have the gift of telling the truth or prophecy or a gift of speaking in a spiritual language. And it's easy for us to get in this um, headspace where we think it's like a BuzzFeed quiz and you figure out your gift and you, and you use it. But these gifts are for the body. There's no point in having a gift of teaching if there's no one to teach. So we get to cultivate these gifts with each other. So... Church is a place where you affirm your identity in Christ and continue to learn. But I would also argue that an essential function of church is a place to be that can carry you when you're not feeling it, when you're not feeling close to God, when you're not feeling spiritual, when you don't even necessarily want to be here. That's what we're here for. To go back to 1 John, this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. By this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Church gives us a place to abide. I love the word abide because it's like kind of quiet and active at the same time. It's a verb. It's something you have to do. Like you have to abide by a decision. But there's also this, this stillness to it. Like the dude abides, like you're just abiding somewhere. And God knows that there will be times when we doubt his goodness, or we doubt that he's there, or we doubt whatever it is that we think this should look like. But he gives us this grace, this space where we can meet him week after week. There's an old hymn I loved called Abide With Me. Abide with me, fast falls the even tide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, Help of the helpless, abide with me. Um, so when I left home, went to college, I pretty much immediately like had this crisis of faith. I don't know what it was. Maybe just like being on my own for the first time, not knowing what I believed or why I believed it or what I even thought about all this. Um, and a friend of mine invited me to a tiny church called St. Barnabas. It's an Anglican church, kind of like Episcopalian, very heavy on. You know, ritual and liturgy and prayers that are written out for you and I know that doesn't work for everyone I mean I think there's value in finding a church that 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 suits you and suits kind of what's meaningful to you um, but as I look back on that time my overwhelming feeling is one of warmth it's very much a place that carried me when I didn't know what I needed Um, Every Sunday after the service, we would go down to the basement for toast and coffee, and, like, the coffee was terrible, but the toast was amazing. And it was just this place where I felt, like, enveloped by love, by the people that were there. Um, It's funny because, like, the pastor was perfectly nice, but that church definitely does not need a podcast or a YouTube channel. Like, services were fine. The preaching was fine. But it was so much more about what was happening there at the time. And having liturgy written out for me was great, because I didn't have the words, but the Book of Common Prayer had the words. So there's this confession that's like, forgive us for what we have done and what we have left undone, which I love, because it covers everything, right? Like, you don't have to think of anything else. You got it. And so that church was the place that that carried me through until I was able to kind of come out the other side. And I hope and pray that we can be that sort of place, the place that carries each other. Romans 15 says, we, are, we who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Thus each please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. So church is this place where we can carry each other, where we get to know each other and learn how to carry each other well. We can learn what each other needs. And yeah, I just want to remind you that you being here makes a statement makes a statement that you believe this, that you want to be in this. Um, There's this theological concept called common grace. I don't... So I have a pretty basic understanding of it. I don't know if there's, like, tenets of it that I'm getting wrong, but it's the idea that God has given grace to everyone in the world, and these are things that he gives us even when we're not, like, in relationship with him, like food and sunshine and a long walk if you want to take one. And I see churches something of a common grace. It's a place you can come and a place you can be. And it's a thing where God welcomes you in, even if you're not actively reaching towards him. I know sometimes there's this perception that like when you come to church, you're supposed to have it all together. And I definitely fall victim to that. And I know it's, it's a hard thing to leave at the door. But what I love is if you look at the whole of scripture, scripture has so much failure in it right? The people of God walk away. They come back. They walk away. They come back. These early Christians start fighting immediately. Peter and Paul have a fight, and they have to write letters to each other to work it out. And so often we get caught up in the sense of like, oh, I have to look good. I have to look like I have it all together. But that's not the gospel story. The gospel story is a story of people failing and coming back, failing and coming back over and over again. And so I hope and pray that this is the kind of church that allows that. Feel free to cry. I cry here all the time. It's great. It's very cathartic. So church is the place that affirms who you are and carries you when you forget. So I want you to keep coming back. Keep remembering that you are an integral part of this body, and we love that you're here. And help us build this place together. Help us know what we need. Help us be Lincoln Square. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much again for this space. Thank you for these beautiful people who are here this morning. And just thank you for the richness of community that you give us here in Chicago, God. I just pray that we would be blessed as we go out through this week and that we would be your fragrance carrying forth. So at this time, speaking of communion, we're going to take communion. Because that's what we do. We love it. Feel free to come forward um, as you feel led. Take the elements and take them back to your seat and go and eat them whenever, whenever you're feeling it and remember that you are a beloved child of God.